to another episode of the Blues on Parade podcast where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Today, we're going to be talking some shit about Liverpool. Lost another cup final to them. I'm not even going to lie, guys. I feel pretty fucking down just about the whole thing in general. Kind of sums up my general feelings on the season. But before I get to gloating, I do have to introduce my co-host as always. So, I'll start off with you, Sam. I know you're a little under the weather, um, but you're soldiering through it. Only uh, went 50% in training yesterday and still made the starting lineup for the pod today. So how you feeling? Oh, Zach, my sickness doesn't even compare to the amount of pain this match brought. You, I, I hate you so much last episode for predicting a win in penalties. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew if we went to Penns, we would fucking lose it, Zach. And look what happened. For the second time this season, we played Liverpool to Penns in a cup final and lost both times. This one was probably worse, I think. Yeah. Just because two very important Chelsea players are the ones who missed. And, and Dave and Mason Mount. And I felt really let down by those guys, to be honest. And, you know, I, it, you'll hear it from the manager. You'll hear it from the players. You can't put the blame of the loss on them. It's not fair to them. Blah, blah, blah. So, I get that. But to me, it's still a letdown. Very, very upsetting. Is this a is this an important cup final, Andres? Like, is it more important than the Carabao Cup? Because to me, it is. That's why it sucks. I mean, it is because we now have been finalists in the FA Cup three years in a row, and three years in a row we lose. I think it's crazy because any other team would dream of wanting to be in the cup final three years in a row, but we are becoming serial losers at Wembley. And Wembley was supposed to always be a home field for us. You know, growing up, a match at Wembley felt like a home match. And now I'm starting to dread playing at Wembley because we can't get this monkey off our back. That's four finals in the past three years at Wembley. And if you want to go a little further with Sari, I think he lost one there too. Like, we need to figure that out, man. It is. I thought coming back last year after one loss against Arsenal was like the chance. And now I thought even twice as much this year, we were really going to wake up for it. But a tough one to swallow. I hate, I hate going into pens, but after 120 minutes, you can't expect anything else. It's a, it's a bummer. I would saw him partially. I think. You can't miss the frame when it comes to penalties. I don't excuse missing the frame. Mounts got blocked. You can think what you want about his placement, but at the end of the day, missing the frame is is where I draw the line. And for Aspie to miss the frame, it was a uh, it was a bit disheartening. It was it was poetic, if anything, because in the last couple of matches, I think 
me along with most Chelsea fans felt like, okay, it, I love you, Dave. You've done so much great for us, but it's it's maybe it's time, you know. It's like you know we bring old Yeller to the back of the barn. You know the rest. <laughs> I mean, after this final, he is the most. After also winning the most trophies or every trophy as a captain and the only player along with, weirdly enough, I think Marcos Alonso, Aspie has lost the most cup finals uh, in Chelsea history. Crazy. Crazy that that's a stat and something to mention. I'm not saying he's a bottler, but I, I, I think it's, uh, like you said, oddly in a negative way, poetic, that it's probably his last uh, run at it with the Blues. I think that's such an irrelevant stat. No offense, Andres. Oh no, I'm just saying it. It was brought up. I, I'm not. Yeah, saying no, 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 else. no. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm saying irrelevant in the scope of looking at Aspie's Chelsea career. Like, like yeah, it's not a, it's not a knock on him that he lost seven. It's probably a compliment that he's made seven and he's been around that long and stayed good enough to stay in the team that long. But I don't know, man. My, my feeling, especially, you know, m- midway through extra time when I finally realized. All right, we're not fucking scoring. We're definitely going to penalty. It took you that long to figure that out? I had hope. I had a little bit of hope. Sue we had me. so many chances, um, man. I know, I know. But, but here's my thing. And, and, and to speak to that point, Sam, I think if we didn't fuck around against Everton and fuck around against Arsenal and actually took those matches seriously and played ourselves into form and didn't wait until Leeds to do it, I think maybe we would be in a better position to nick a cup, to nick a goal, right? And maybe pull off that victory and get that oh. team spirit going. It's not that there was a lack of team spirit, uh, you know, in the cup final itself, but it just kind of felt like it felt like we gained our form too late. It was too little, too late for me. Maybe if we were rolling three wins on the spin, had the opportunity to rotate players going into that Leeds match. Who knows what happens in the cup final? Maybe we don't have to start Kova against Leeds and he doesn't have to play on half an ankle, which is something that should be mentioned. Huge props to Kova for even doing that because we all ruled him out last pod. I think Tuchel did too, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like if we got our form earlier, beat Everton, got a result against Arsenal, and then did what we did against Leeds, it just feels like maybe we could have pulled something else out. Maybe Pulisic puts one of those chances away or maybe Lukaku you know, finds a bit more space and time in the box. I don't know. It just kind of... He looked tired too, yeah. Yeah, he did. And and I think it's unfortunate because I honestly think that Tuchel might have gone with Havertz if he had the choice. Listen, just seeing look, how effective... Or at or, least off the bench. I mean, that's the part that sucks. Like, whenever I figured out it was over when Pulisic and Lukaku came off. Yeah. And, and RLC came on as striker. <laughs> Yeah, RLC striker, and then Ziyech had nobody to work with. I was just like, oof, okay. I thought Ziyech and Lukaku maybe because they have a little bit of chemistry. But those subs, again, in the moment, I thought Tuchel was nuts. Afterwards, you find out that Werner got hurt at warm-ups. Kai was hurt ahead of time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of the icing on the cake. And then <laughs> RLC, apparently, if he wasn't enough in the in – in the game, then he was immediately getting subbed so that Ross could take a penalty, which was also very odd for me. Hell so, yeah. yeah I... And he, he buried <laughs> that shit. 
Uh, okay. You did. Zach, I need, I want to just respond to what you said about mm-hmm. how, you know, if we had pl- played better in the two matches preceding leads, we would somehow become better at finishing because. No, no, look I at, didn't say better at finishing. I, I just so think the team put away the chances. I know, but look, look at Chelsea the last three years. We've, this has been our, this has been a recurring issue year in and year out. We got a Twitter question from Prashant at Prash underscore CFC. He said, look at the FA Cup attack in the last three finals. Pulisic, Giroud, Mount, Ziyech, Werner, Mount, and then this year Pulisic, Lukaku, and Mount, with uh, Reese James and Alonso playing wing back in all three matches. What, what do we do to change, uh, what do we change to break the final jinx. I want to discount that first year because Kovacic got a red card and Pulisic's hamstring yeah, blew bullshit. up. That was bullshit. So I don't count Pulisic and Aspie. Both and Aspie. So three years ago, I'm, I'm that's a that's a scratch to the ref and the injuries. But what do we change? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, we were all shocked by the starting eleven last year's final like that was surprising to me so i think you go with the guys that are working you don't try to pull a pep who is now becoming famous for changing too much stuff going into like big games and i think sure we didn't score today man i think a little bit of what zach said might play into it lukaku played a lot of minutes leading up to it Maybe Kai was supposed to play as a starter and, and Lukaku playing against Leeds was a resting move. Then you have Kovacic on one leg and Conte looking like he was 30 years older than he is when he came on. Alonso is not the same Alonso as the prior two years. Like he's gotten only worse and he forgot how to shoot on target this time around. So, I mean, what do you do to change the final jinx? Like, I think. Moving forward, we need to let our offense be what dictates matches. I think that that's something that I'm going to be discussing a lot in our special series. I get that, oh, well, you can't let them score either. But I just think that we play a brand of football that has shackles around our ankles. And, yeah, I mean, Liverpool plays every single match like they want to punch you in the face with offense. And I can't wait for the day that Chelsea plays every single match the same way rather than adapting every week. So I think that's part of it. You need to trust your identity. You don't, you shouldn't be continuously adapting to somebody else. Uh, it's, it's kind of tough. I mean, I agree with you in a sense, but I don't know. It, there, there just isn't really. An answer because did we play well? Yes. Did we yeah, play we well enough fine. to win? I think we did. Arguably, if we, if we put one of our chances in the first half, we had the better chances. You know, Liverpool's all over us the first twenty minutes, but by the time by the time the halftime whistle blew, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I think we I think we held our own that half. I think we arguably played better than Liverpool for the second part of that of that first half too. So it's not that we played terrible. You know, going back to the first cup final we lost three years ago, Pulisic 
was on his way to tapping the ball into the net when he tore his hammy. He was literally pulling his leg back to shoot it in front of an open goal. You know, the red card, the injuries, last season, the fucking handball conundrum. That keeps us in the game. We go to extra time. We're fucking beating the shit out of Leicester. Are you kidding me? Then this time around, you know, it's, it, 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 it is unfortunate because, again, you think if you can bring a Kai Havertz off the bench and have him run at that exhausted back line that Liverpool had with no Van Dyke, mind you, maybe we get a chance. Maybe we get a sniff. If you have Timo running behind that back line, maybe we get a sniff. There's all these different what-if scenarios in my head that kind of tell me we didn't play poorly. So I don't think anything's necessarily wrong. I think it's just a matter of putting yourself in the right situation heading into the cup final, having available players, being a team that's in form. Um, you know, having players that are actually committed to the cause, unlike Andreas Christensen, go fuck yourself. You know, I, I, I think that'll be the difference. I think going into next year, especially with a new owner, we're we're going to make moves. I think there's going to be a lot of outgoings and I think there's going to be a lot of incoming. So with that being said, maybe we just need a more Tuchel team and maybe we just need uh, this summer to sort of build that. So to go off what you're saying, then I say, no, everything's not fine. Because outside of our starting 11, it's a bunch of posh, posh. Like, Liverpool came out. They took out Van Dyke and put on Matip. Matip plays center back consistently. He knows what to do. They took out Robertson and put in Simikas. It's a downgrade, but that guy knows exactly what he's supposed to do. We brought on guys that don't play the same position every time they come on the pitch. We have guys on the bench that only fit if we choose one formation versus another. Like, this team is still, like, squad building-wise, a complete mess. So, like, when we have to go 120 minutes, we're fucked. Like, that's that's what this match shows me. Like, the effort, the the individual performances, like Jorginho, Silva, uh, Chalaba, Dries James, like, Pulisic, even though he couldn't score. Like, props to them because they woke up for a final. But it takes a team. It takes a village. And, yeah. and we don't have one. We that's don't. what I'm saying. I think I think this summer will give us the opportunity to pad the roster and bring in players who Tuchel could actually use in the positions he wants and ship yeah. out the players that he's, you know, that are square pegs and round holes, basically. I mean, we just mentioned Alonso. Do you really think Tuchel wants a player like Marcus Alonso to be playing as that left wing back? Probably not. He doesn't necessarily fit the profile. You know, it's it, it's the same thing across our midfield. Does does Jorginho really fit our profile? He's probably the squarest out of all the pegs that we're talking about, you know? So, again, if we pad the roster and bring in the right players, we buy a, we buy a solid DM, replace the two outgoing center backs, see what happens with our attack. I mean, I'm sure there's at least two or three names gone. Bring in another big name to, to sort of supplement it. Maybe that's what we need going into next season. Honestly, guys, I'm fully confident that if Tuchel has the players that he actually wants and is given the green light to sort of have a hand in building the team in terms of buying the specific players he needs, fuck. Like, we're really in for a ride. And and, and mm-hmm. that's just the frustrating part about the team we have now is that we, we don't know where anyone's going to play because we just don't have cover in any position. It seems like there's just one really, really, really strong 11 plus one or two players and everyone else. And maybe that's, that's a good thing. Issue. Maybe that's a good thing about Todd Bowley coming in because undoubtedly he's not he's not really a, a basketball mind. I'm sorry, a, a football mind. And like 
I have no idea whether he has any clue of potential targets and stuff like that. So my thinking is he'll probably lean, obviously on the board, but more so to Tuchel. Be like, yo, listen, what do you want? I know you're good. You've won a lot since coming in for, you know, in the past little over a year. What do you want? And I think with Roman out and a new owner in, Tuchel's going to have a better opportunity to hand-select the players who he wants. Not necessarily getting full reins on player selection, but I think that he has more of a say now than when we had Roman. I think I think so too. Interesting you say that because again he's not a football mind and and he's gonna have everyone in the club you know that he speaks to at least telling him hey if you want you know to get the sort of guidance you need in some of this decision making the two greatest football minds we actually have at the club that are closest to you are Peter Check and Tommy T so those would probably be the two that he'd lean into. What I am gonna say and I have said some not so tasteful things towards her in the past is the whole, I really hope he doesn't lean into what Maria wants to do or Marina wants to do, um, you know, for her individual, you know, player targets and things like that. I really hope that he actually well, focuses on Marina was never lines. really as like the one making the decisions of which right. players to go after. She was more the muscle of getting the players that people asked. So no, no, no. No, I know. I'm just the saying I hope he doesn't get fooled into thinking choosing. that Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I hope he doesn't get fooled into thinking that she is a footballing mind and that her, you know, opinion I, does I, carry I worry too much any weight co- in comparison to Tuchel and Peter. I Chapman. think I think he knows what her role was and I think she'll continue in that role and I and I hope she does because she's really great at what she does. Yeah, she she's, she's confirmed to staying. Yeah. Yeah, and in that role, I hope she stays in that role because she's Good at negotiating deals. She's done a she's lot. She's great of, at selling players. Yeah, she's done a lot of good financially for the club. So yeah, you know, and in, in terms of sales, undoubtedly. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not too worried about Bully like thinking that she should be the one making this, the decisions. Um, so let's go on to the next question. This one seems like a pretty easy one to answer. Uh, <laughs> this one's from at. Black emoji, he said, we couldn't win this game in normal time because... Uh, I mean, we, we got another response from someone unrelated to this, but First seemed timer. like the perfect answer. First timer, John Nonomics, too. Uh, he said, poor finishing, let us down again. That's the story of the season. And, that's the, <laughs> and also, that's the story of why we couldn't win this game in normal time. I mean, you look at you look at the chances Pulisic had. He didn't put away. On four, the really unfortunate Marcus Alonso free kick that hit the post. Like, that's well, just Lukaku unlucky. Had a, Lukaku had a decent half chance that he might put away mm-hmm. on, his, on his better days. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> I know that finishing is always part of the story, but the story of the season to it would take a miracle to narrow it down to just one because you can pick your poison, whether it's losing your wing backs for a third of the season and, and chill out for the whole year. You can pick COVID in December completely plaguing the team. You can pick Roman and the sanctions 
as part of the story. What I about mean, being the only team that didn't miss a game because of COVID and having yeah, the, stupid or, picture or historically the, playing the most games in one season for Chelsea? I mean, picking the story of the season, that's a podcast on its own. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, finishing was obvious. We were inches away from the back post on on six different shots. And I think the one that hurt me the most was the one where Pulisic didn't shoot. And he looks oh. to force a pass. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's tough. I mean, obviously, you can go back to the pens. Crazy situation. I mean, I think after hearing the story about Christensen's um, kind of withdrawing from the squad, I think Liverpool was always going to target the right side of our defense as some sort of hole based on how we played in the Carabao Cup. But I think it took us a while to understand what they were going for. And then it's just, man, we if we're going to be defending and countering, you just have to put one away. It just takes one at that point. You've already frustrated them all game. All it took was one. We, Who knows what would have happened if Salah played all game. But you can also argue what, who knows what would have happened if we had a fully healthy coaches in Conte. It's just, just one. We needed one. We didn't get it. And it sucks do you want anything Zach no I mean that summed it up for the most part we I, couldn't finish I think we, we we defended so well we really didn't give Liverpool any Luis Diaz Luis Diaz but besides Luis Diaz who by the way um we're all fucked because you know <laughs> I mean they, they have their Salah slash Mane replacement right there ready made and uh I would argue that he's he played better than than Mane did. I mean, he was their best player, so I mean, he's yeah, a Luis Diaz uh, and, and Pulisic are problems. Yeah, Luis it was, Diaz it was and honestly were the two best players, and they both yeah, just couldn't score. <laughs> it was the Diaz and Pulisic show for sure. But yeah, nothing really to add to the, yeah, to the question. I, I think one thing that our defense did a not so great job of is. Um, which gave Luis Diaz a lot of chances was like following either Jota or Mane uh, when they when they went across goal pretty much like they ran from one side of the pitch to the next and I think they did a that opened up a lot a lot of channels for Luis Diaz to sneak in and he's just so fast that you think he's He's not going to be able to find it, but he's there in a second. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I think I think that goes one step further, and, and I'll, I'm going to jump into Bone Daddy's thing. He, he points out that's a miracle we did so well with our midfield playing at 50% or less. I think that's what made the defense look bad. Because yeah. I felt that anytime Liverpool won the ball in midfield, Thiago, even Trent when he stepped in, they just had so much time that – they just, you're right, Mane and Jota were doing good movement, but the, the space in behind our line in a turnover, nobody was going to catch up to Diaz. And and Chalaba coming in last minute and not really being kind of the first go-to guy to start that game, he probably wasn't, you know, as keen to, to keeping that gap between him and Reese James as closed. So I, I, I go back to the fact that Kovacic, and, and eventually Conte 
could were like one step too slow, and and they were also outmanned uh, with with Liverpool playing that three man midfield. I think that's where it unlocked Luis Diaz and and that ball in behind. It was uh I noticed us dropping off, and I, and I don't know if it was because of. I don't know if it was because we didn't want to take the risk of the secondary press if they did bypass the midfield um, or if it was because of Liverpool's pace and they didn't want to expose Thiago Silva in a 1v1, which we saw him get exposed once and he held up really well. Um, but that I, I thought that just dropping off gave those specifically that right-sided channel, our right side to Luis Diaz, where he can just run at Trevor Chalaba with the ball at his feet, 1v1, as opposed to playing off of a through ball or playing off of a pass or a long ball. So that that really hurt us. But look, Trevor did awesome. I, I don't think he really – or Trevo, sorry, did awesome. I don't think he really made any catastrophic mistakes that could have cost us. Yeah, mm-hmm. he might have lost his marker once or twice, but you have a guy that's in form like Luis Diaz, a winger that that's trick that's that tricky. He's gonna beat you once or twice. I mean, especially against a younger defender. So, uh, again, props to him for kind of stepping in. I know it was a last minute call, but just on the topic of Trevor Chalba, really quick, guys, he he's played in two cup finals for us now, and he's played well in both. I don't know where I don't know why there's still question marks around his ability with Tuchel and in terms of. Tuchel not selecting him more often later in the season, especially knowing that Christensen and Rudiger were out the door basically two weeks ago. It's kind of frustrating that he didn't get the, this whole run of games to kind of play. Yeah, we, we got another comment from Ron, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Supreme. He said, shout out to James, J5, Silva, and Mendy for leaving it all out there. Yeah, I thought those four played exceptionally well. Um, any other names you guys want to throw out there of playing really well? People are going to hate this, and maybe not playing well, but just sort of on the topic of leaving it all out there. Marcus Alonso, he was our most attacking player in extra time. 120 minutes at wingback against Liverpool, and he still found the legs to get into the box the few times we had chances, so... I thought he played well. Um, Kovacic, we didn't talk enough about. I mean, Tuchel said after the game that he didn't. He was surprised that his foot could even fit in a cleat. <laughs> <laughs> so that just kind of tells you everything you need to know about his status. And then also, I know he didn't play well, but N'Golo Conte was coming off of an injury. He only trained at 50% the day before. And even though he looked like shit, still went out there, still gave it a right go. Yeah, the the heart was there from everyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna like I'll praise you for effort, but I'm not gonna praise performance of of Conte. But Jorginho, no. I thought for the guy, for the least athletic midfielder, to not put the foot wrong against a very athletic, high paced team, I thought he he was surprisingly good to me. I was very worried about the fact that he was gonna be there 120 minutes, and again, like. I, I don't really have a complaint. I felt like he was was clean with his passing, um, surprisingly decent tackling as well. Um, even more direct with his own decisions, trying to get the ball forward. Um, yeah, it just sucks because again, like the effort was there, 
the the deploying of the tactics to, to beat Liverpool were there. It's just it hurts more when you're that close, I guess. I, I don't know how to say it. Like I I wish we could have gotten wrecked to be like, this is why we lost. <laughs> like they beat us here, yeah. here, here, and here. But in reality it was a both teams it was a shootout and both teams were shooting blanks. So yeah. It always sucks when we play really well and lose more than it sucks when we just don't show up at all and get smacked three nil. You know, because at least the three nils you can point to something like you said. These are just like a kick in the nuts after a hard day's work. <laughs> they definitely hurt more. Yeah, we we mentioned the whole um, Christensen thing, but just to add more context for those of you who are not aware of what happened, Adam Newsom, uh, he tweeted saying. He understands several members of the Chelsea first team were shocked by Andreas Christensen withdrawing from the squad for the FA Cup final, especially as he was expected to start. Also, huge credit should go to Trevo Chalaba. Wouldn't have been easy to step in late. I mean, first of all, thank God he didn't play because Chalaba stepped in and probably played better than what this fucking asshole would have done. Um, second of all, like, can he, can he play again the rest of the season? Like, no, no. zero chances. Yeah, no, no, none of the, the, Tuchel and none of the players would accept him. He's gone. That's what I'm saying, like, the, the, the team unity post-match, right? Like, everything on social media, and I'm sure outside of what we can see, has been, like, complete support for each other, like, understanding we're going to come back, you know, like we put our hearts on the line. Like we, you know, especially with, with Mount and, and Aspie and you see everybody showing support. Like I saw nothing from Christensen. Like I followed Chelsea on social media. I follow these guys on social media. He's just gone. This dude that this was selfish. It was arrogant. And honestly, this is the kind of chicken shit move that I expect from Christensen. Like, I remember against Liverpool a different time he got like hit and he just laid down for like a whole like minute and a half of play and we almost conceded a goal. Like that's the kind of thing he does. I understand that. Oh, but last year he came in and played a half of football in the Champions League final. There's a reason he didn't start that Champions League final. Just that's the. This, this isn't the first manager that has called out Christensen for being weak in the stomach and, and being a coward. And this right here, I get that he's going to Barcelona soon. Good riddance. At this point, good riddance. I don't care about the highs anymore because he walked out on a team that was an underdog and needed everybody out there. He he is not – he does not represent what this club is supposed to represent. Toxic. He's, he's toxic. This is, a, this is a guy that won't finish in 90 minutes. He, if he gets a boo-boo, he he, get, he asks for a sub. I've never seen a center back be such a pussy, honestly. <laughs> and, not, and now, like, his his attitude just further justifies how big of a pussy he actually is. Guys, even if you don't want to be at the club you want to be at, and you have the opportunity to start a cup final, a one-off, why wouldn't you? Your move's already done. Fabrizio said the paperworks were completed God knows how long ago. How many here we goes did we hear already? Like, it's, it's getting ridiculous now. And, and I'm glad that. he's gone. 
Not just that, you're under contract. Rudiger, after the match, was like, look, truth is, the sanctions were not a reason why I didn't sign. And he played his fucking heart out. He did a weird-ass scissor jump kick to try to block a Navi Keita shot at one point. Like, you are still employed here. Like, oh, you didn't get the contract you wanted? Okay, you can discuss that afterwards and publicly say that, but you need to still play. Like, you are a professional athlete. Like your job is to be on the field. Like you, I'm. I hope he doesn't get paid this week. No, he walked out on the He team. shouldn't. He didn't show up to work. Like, what the <laughs> hell was that? Yeah. Yeah. So 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 here's my thing. It's shocking to me that a guy like Rudiger, who's leaving this year, who came to the club at what 25, 26, something like that. Anyways, yeah. a guy who came in, you know, in the, in his mid twenties. Under, the reason why he played Andres is because he understands the club. And it's shocking to me that a guy like Christensen, who came through the youth ranks and the development team, doesn't? <laughs> That's baffling. Like, does it point to something bigger? Is there something in the water with some of these guys? No, it just shows the difference between... mercenaries. It just shows the difference between the type of man that Rudiger is. Rudiger is mm-hmm. a man. And Andres Christensen... Is a little is a little boy. <laughs> I really is. That's, that's, that's all it is. Yeah, it is. I would love to hear John Terry's opinions on Andreas Christensen today. Oh yeah, because he was talking him up back in the day. <laughs> yeah, he whenever he was in the youth ranks, it was like, oh, this guy's gonna take over for me soon, and I'm a, the place is in good hands. <laughs> He's like, boy, no. was I wrong about that. He doesn't want to <laughs> yeah. get his. He doesn't want to break his nails. Misread the situation the completely. Um, right, it's just ugh. what a what a complete turnaround from the it's guy shocking. who came in off the bench in the Champions League final last season and played fucking awesome. It Champions really is League surprising to me because, like, I know, like you said, there were signs of this kind of behavior, but I mean, I wouldn't expect this kind of behavior from any professional athlete. To be completely right. honest, yeah, so it's, no, it's and, very and that's surprising. My point. And there must That's my whole point. I don't know if there's more to it than him just being done with the team, which I think that's probably the most likely situation. But it's Barca's just going to have a blast with him. They're going to have a blast start. Like if you told me that that like Tuchel last minute is like, "Hey man, I'm choosing somebody else over you," and you throw a hissy fit, that's one thing. That's, yeah, okay, whatever. You're it's still bad, but not as bad. Yeah. At least he wants but to play. But he was supposed to play. Like Everything is pointing at the fact that the back three was going to be Christensen, Thiago, Rudiger, not Chalaba. That is the, the, the craziest part of all this, is that he walked out on a chance to start in a final. And like you said, Zach, he's been here since he was a teenager, for crying out loud. Like, he should get it. It shouldn't even be a, a, a an issue at all. It should never yeah. have to be an issue in his entire career here. Just See, like this all the is other the kind of stuff. You mentioned the toxicity of this locker room. Like this is the kind of stuff that I can't wait to slowly get rid of from this locker room this summer. I, I usually like I never put Christensen in this in the boat of I always call it mercenaries. We have guys that come, they check, they check their, they cash their checks and and don't really care about the result. And I thought Christensen growing through the ranks would be different, but it's just like. Okay, th- this issue goes deeper than the guys that came under Conte versus the guys that came under Sari versus the guys that got signed even, you know, 
recently under Lampard. Like, no, this is this issue of weak, weak mentality and, and not fighting through the hard times and just enjoying the good is is a thing here. Like, it sucks to say, like, we have that issue. If we're not in a win streak, we're shaky. And the fact that someone like Christensen is is doing that in a cup final is is sad. Talk about not having balls, honestly. Shout out to the the Lady Blues. They pulled out a win in the FA Cup. <laughs> what a transition. They all they all have bigger balls than <laughs> They all have bigger balls than Andreas Christensen. <laughs> Oh, that was amazing. I think they have bigger balls than the whole men's team because they fucking cut their cup final and did so emphatically. And if you didn't watch the highlights, you probably should. I They're mean, they, so fucking good. They probably, like, against the momentum of it because City was the one riding high, tying the match, and, and sending it to overtime. But uh-huh. And I think City was on a 16. Women. They're on a 16 match, either a win streak or unbeaten, unbeaten streak. Oh, Sam Sam Kerr is undeniable. She's inevitable. Uh huh. Yeah, she's the best finisher at the club. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> like, be honest. You see that one goal oh, a couple shit. weeks ago where she just ripped it like from way outside the box. Like uh, it was kind of lucky, but um... no, it wasn't lucky. That's good vision. Keeper was out. Yeah, she's the yeah. She's fallen. Yeah, she's yeah, a yeah. freak. She she she's a freak athlete, dude. Like she just pulls shit off like that all the time. Apparently, I don't watch the women's team enough, honestly, or as much as I should. Might as well. Good watch good uh, them, good end of chapter for a few ladies that are leaving the club. Mm-hmm. Um, she is is leaving after a long tenure, and she got to leave with a double. So while we choked away a trophy, it was nice to see the women's team get a get the double again. So they got the send off they needed. Anyways, Emma Hayes. Um, we have we one did, more question. Don't we? Yeah, we got another question. This one's from Nate Ward. Uh, he said, "ESPN vomit emoji reporting that Man United is targeting Conte as a part of <laughs> Ten Hag's rebuild." Can we take a moment and laugh at this? <laughs> <laughs> Is that happening, it's, guys? I mean, no way, huh? This is the laziest bit of journalism I've ever yeah. seen. ESPN, ESPN, I wouldn't expect anything more. ESPN's coverage is the fucking worst. Especially <laughs> you, Taylor Twelman, if you're listening. Oh my god, god. Taylor Twelman was so bad for this match. Trent <laughs> Alexander-Arnold was... is so good at crossing the ball because he knows how to kick it. Dude, he said no, some he, really the, ridiculous the, stuff. The like, funniest part was when he's like, Trent has not put a foot wrong in his positioning all day oh. and then like two seconds later he gets beat no 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 no, no. that was not what happened he, he watched he was watching a replay of a chelsea chance that he he was on the back post and he cleared it but he's like trent had not put a, a foot wrong this whole match and literally as he said that it was showing trent playing i forget it i think it was mason mount on while the center backs <laughs> oh, were yeah, stepping yeah, yeah. up to trap him, Trent was still back, and he played him on. And I was like, "Dude, are you you literally are not looking when you're saying that?" And then what was the? There was another thing he said that was so funny. Um, about oh, it was about Liverpool. He was like, he was like, you know, for 
for these Chelsea players, it's a lot of their third times playing in an FA Cup final. Oh, yeah. And this is Liverpool's, you know, this, this, it's their first FA Cup final. You know, the experience that Chelsea has, it might, it might help them. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what? You don't think Liverpool has experience in a Cup final? Like, <laughs> FA <laughs> Cup... They- it doesn't makes no difference. They yeah. played in a cup. They played us Champions in the EFL. League they played us in the EFL yeah. Cup final a couple months this ago. It's the Mo same Salah's shit. Fourth Cup final? No, third Cup final of the year. Yeah. It's the. It's all and the same. They're on their way to the Champions League final, which they yeah. won like three no, years but we ago. Have, like, but we have the experience. Yeah. The FA Cup final. It's completely. And, and this group. And this group has had like multiple ninety-plus point seasons under Klopp. Like God, it just. If you're not, if you're one of our listeners that isn't from the U.S., bless you. I'm, I'm hoping your commentators are better. Like, I cannot wait for this deal with ESPN Plus to end because anytime, honestly, anytime that we have to watch Chelsea through ESPN Plus, it is, it makes my ears bleed. I, I cannot stand the, yeah. the stats. It's, it's just, honestly, it's just it makes the my FA ears Cup. Bleed when... Sorry, Sam, go ahead. I was just say it's just the FA Cup and do they have they have Carabao Cup too, right? Yeah, Carabao basically yeah, the, so the domestic stuff in England. So yeah. uh, championship, they have the, the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup, and most likely our preseason coverage. I just I just can't stand like I don't know if it's a bias I have, but just that whole generation of national team players just kind of bother me when they go into punditry because it just very much seems like clout chasing. He's a clout chaser. He just says shit for the likes. Like I, I pointed this out to, to my fiance while we were watching the match. And she was like, she even mentioned it too. She said, oh my God, this guy's only saying shit about Liverpool. And I said, yeah, let's see the, let's see the first time he says something good about Chelsea. And then she, that's when she came in. She was like, "It's it's going to be about. It's only going to be Pulisic. Like that's what it's going to be about." And lo and behold, the first compliment <laughs> he gave us all match was only about Pulisic. wasn't about anything else. Just fucking about ridiculous. Pulisic leaving, probably. Probably. Hey, we have two matches left. I can't believe the season's almost over. Yeah, it's. I nuts. don't even know who we have next. Le- Leicester, and we finish with Watford. I mean, the season was oh. over after we lost the Pens. Two points clinches top four. Well, yeah, we need we, we need to re, we need to preview this match. Yeah, we these are yeah. big. Yeah. Well, the Leicester one, I know they don't really have a lot to play for, do they? Nothing. I mean, Watford's already relegated, but Watford's relegated too. I really would love to like not have to do this for the third season in a row, where we go to the last match not knowing if we're top four. Like that would be great. For a season as crazy and, and highs and lows as this one has been, Leicester's in ninth place. The worst they can possibly do, I think, is 11th. So my thing is this Tuchel team usually reacts. Usually. I know there's been a few times where we haven't. So I'm not too fussed. I don't know. I think I think just the disappointment of losing a cup final is going to sort of light a little fire under some of these guys and I think we'll I think we'll play a pissed off game which might not be the worst thing in the world I think that's something that every fan would kind of want to see anyways well does anybody remember if we won after the cup final last year the FA cup final did we win our first league match I don't remember I mean we were sandwiched between league cup and and 
Carabao Cup. I mean, I can look it up while you guys discuss Lester. Yeah, I mean, um, it's Lester. I mean, I think we know what we're gonna get. They're they're never they never roll over against us for some reason, which is odd because this season especially they've been a team that have been pretty inconsistent for the most part. They'll play well for a patch of games, and then they'll play like shit for a patch of games. So I don't really know. Um, they do have a couple of fresh faces up top. So we might not see, I mean, maybe we'll see Vardy start, but if not, we're going to have to deal with the tricky striker, quick, a quick tricky striker regardless, whether it's a Hianacho or that Pat Sindaka kid. He looks like he's the business. Um, what do you think, Sama? What are we sort of predicting for this one? Do you feel good going into it? Because, I, like I said, I want to see a pissed-off performance. I don't know if that's what we'll get, yeah. but... I think we'll do enough to at least earn a draw, right? Like, I don't think we're going to go out there and just stink the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking up their um, their injuries right now because I know they are banged up a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I think that the team will rebound for sure, get a result, at least a point, which is all we need. Um, and... You know, and I won't be too disappointed if we don't end up with a win. Like, I feel like. So, let's see. Um, yeah, and Didi's out, obviously. Ryan Bertrand out. Whoa. <laughs> Ricardo Pereira's out. And uh, uh, Mendy. Nam, uh, Nampolis Mendy. I don't know who that so is. So, their first and second choice defensive mids are out. Which could be good for us. Andy, you were uh, you were looking up that result? Yeah, so after we lost to Leicester in the FA Cup, we beat Leicester days after, 2-1. to one. And if I'm not mistaken, like, thinking about that, we should have beat them by far more. Like, I remember oh, it being one of those yeah. where we played really good because we were really disheartened. Like, man, the boys didn't show up. Like, it just felt like we weren't really up for it. And then remember being that game, like, this is what it's all about. Like, we could have pummeled them. So I'm hoping that's what it is. I hope to see some fire. I hope that, you know, the guys come out and just they're banging their chest and they're, you know, getting some goals into the back of the net this time around. But I expect them to be emotional. Like, I expect quite the reaction because, yeah. I mean, you have to. You still have work to do. We're not done done. Like, top four is not secured. I think they'll feel an obligation to the fans to sort of make yeah. it up and the supporters. Because all of the posts that I've been seeing today, and for those listening, we're recording Sunday evening. Um, all the posts that I've seen from the players have been really sort of fan-centric. As opposed yeah. to, you know, we didn't do enough on a day. It's more like along the lines of, we're very sorry we didn't do this for you. You know? So maybe that sort of feeling sorry for the fans attitude will sort of spur them on as opposed to feeling sorry for themselves. I, you know what? I'm going to go with a repeat of last year. I'm going to go two one. I think we win two one. It's a good sign that last year after the FA cup, we playing the same team. That's mm. a, that's a really good sign. <laughs> um, I mean, they'll be pissed off that we, that we lost the FA cup and they'll look across the pitch. And if a Marte starts, 
oh, that'll spark everybody. We'll win for sure if Amar Teague starts. <laughs> 2 1. I'm with you, too. Let's get a repeat. Andy. I'm going 3 0. I want a oh, big shit. game. I'm expecting okay. a big game. I'm expecting all the inches that we missed out on this weekend are, are going to end up in the back of the net. I think um, Tuchel probably won't be playing injured players because they're injured and it's not a final anymore. So I'm hoping that those that are called upon react and, uh, yeah, just take care of business. You guys think Ruben Loftus-Cheek gets to start at striker? <laughs> I think if Ruben I see starts... him in the midfield. I think if Ruben starts, he puts together one of his best fuck you matches of all time. 100%. I'm seeing that strike a weird, weird feeling. I mean, it'll be him. It has to be him and Jorginho in midfield. Kovacic won't play. Yeah. No, no, Conte shouldn't either. I mean, I I don't want to see an injured Conte. It was not him. He was walking. He was injured. Like, RLC and Jorginho mount. Maybe it's a 3 5 2 this time around. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that are still listening, um, we are dropping special pods this week. We're taking the role of Todd Bowley. So put putting ourselves in his shoes as if we Todd Bowley's Chelsea. director of football. Todd, Todd Bowley bought the club. He just hired us. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's better. I just imagined myself as Bowley because it made me feel better. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to be playing technical director this summer. So we're basically putting together our dream transfer windows and putting it all together on a pod. So uh, there's going to be three separate episodes, one for myself, one for Andres, one for Sam. So make sure you guys are looking out for those. Um, make sure you guys are also following us on Twitter, at Blues on Parade Pod. Um, and until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.